Hello, and welcome to the Message Makeover Podcast, brought to you by the Latimer Group, the experts in persuasive communication. I'm Dean Brenner, and I'm joined today by my colleague, Dan Cooney. Good morning, Dan. Good morning, Dean. Good to have you here. It's been a great week. This is going to be fun, too. Yeah, we got another good conversation teed up for today. Dan and I are joined today by our guest, LJ Spinato. LJ is the head football coach at Choate Rosemary Hall, a private high school in Wallingford, Connecticut. LJ first came to Choate in 2008 and spent six years as an assistant coach and defensive coordinator. Then in 2014, LJ became head coach. Since then, Choate has not lost. You heard that correctly. Under LJ, the Choate Wild Boars have never lost, winning 48 consecutive games and earning five straight undefeated New England prep school championships. In fact, as of today, Choate has the second longest active winning streak in all of high school football across the entire country. The wins tell a great story, but if we dig a little deeper, the performance gets more impressive, if that's even possible. Over the last five years, Choate has outscored its opponents by an average score of 42 to 9 with 15 shutouts. LJ, it is our pleasure to welcome you to the Message Makeover today. It is an honor to be here. Thank you so much for, for having me. That was, uh, that was a mouthful, Coach. Thank you. I appreciate it. Well, no, it's our pleasure to have you here. We love these conversations. And, and let's just set up this podcast a little bit more. Our goal here is to give our listeners nuggets of insight on effective communication skills. You and I have known each other for a long time now. I've been a fan of your team from afar, but also close up. Uh, you, as you welcomed me onto your staff for some communication work with some of your athletes, I actually spent two years actively on the sideline with LJ and his staff. So what we want to do today is just pick your brain a little bit and talk a little football, but see if we can draw out some nuggets of insight for our listeners and for our clients. So let's just dig right in. Absolutely. We've always been amazed by the language of football and in particular the rapid fire information and decision making that's required to be successful. You manage a big staff of upwards of about 10 coaches, several of them communicating on a headset during the game. And this alone makes football different from every other sport that we've, that Dan and I have ever experienced. So what we want to start with today is communication flow and real-time decision-making. And, and let's just talk about how you set up your staff, because all of our clients have to manage project teams and yep. lots of information, and that's probably a good place to start. Tell us a little bit about how you're set up within your staff from a communication perspective. We're talking about in-game communication? Yeah, let's talk about in-game communication. Yeah. Um, so basically what we what we do is we have five coaches on headsets, mm -hmm. um, two up in the tower, two on on the field that can speak, and we have one as that serves solely as a listener. Mm -hmm. um, there is um, the offensive coordinator who will be – Seeking information from the tower. There's a defense coordinator who is myself. Uh, our offense coordinator is Brian Brian Osterhout. Um, Ethan McDonald is in the tower as the special teams coordinator, um, and both of us as offensive and defense coordinators are looking for information from the tower mm -hmm. um, that will help us. You know, really just reaffirm the situation that we're in mm -hmm. um, to help us make our decision and then communicate it out onto the field. Um, Ethan will, I will call the special teams as the head coach, mm -hmm. but Ethan will give me the information that he would like me to understand before we make our decision going, going into the next special teams play. And, 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 you know, things move pretty fast in football. You know, there's a play clock every 30 seconds, you're calling a play. Right. So, you know, unlike other sports where, which things maybe evolve a little more slowly, what's interesting to us here is not only are there a lot of voices, having, f you know, four voices in game is a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, but also the fact that decisions have to be made every 15 or 20 seconds, 
with information from up in the tower, somebody looking from above, lots of different opinions. You have no wallflowers on your staff. You got some strong Absolutely. personalities on your staff. You know, has it ever gotten to the point where like there's too much and there's too much talk or are you guys always in that sweet spot? How do you manage how do you manage it in in, in the middle of the situation? Yeah, pregame, I mean, you know, and obviously going into the season, the the person who's responsible for the calling the plays for so myself on, on defensive downs, Brian on offensive downs, we're waiting to hear the information that we've asked for pregame from from the tower, from Ethan McDonald, from Tony Martone. Um, the expectation is that they're giving us um, the down, the distance, and and what they're seeing personnel-wise on the field. Mm-hmm. Um, is the opponent showing um, a heavy package where all their big guys are on the field? Or are they showing a speed package where all their little guys are on the field? And that will help dictate um, the defense I'm calling or, or the offensive play that mm-hmm. that that Brian might call. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it, it you know, on average it's a 185 plays or so in high school football. So you could say we're making 180 decisions um, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of how we're going to direct our kids to then go out, and then they're making decisions, obviously. Right, because the, from that, you field. have to decide what kids you put on the field, right? And you also have to decide what play you're calling with those. So there's right. at least two levels of decision that you have to make once you get that information. Absolutely, right. Absolutely. Now we try to simplify it so there's not too many personnel packages in high school. Uh, the defense is two, offense is two. Right. Um, you know, if you go into co- collegiate and NFL, we're talking about you know, probably ten different personnel packages on both sides of the ball. Right. Um, maybe I think that might be excessive, but um, you know, we we got to we essentially need to get our players aligned so that they can get out and play fast. Right. Um, you know, with offenses nowadays, especially on the defensive side of the ball. They're running plays every 25 seconds. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as soon as the ball is spotted, they're running you know, right away. Mm-hmm. Um, so we want to get our kids. You know, I want to hear down distance just in case I can't see it from a field level. I want to say, hey, who's on the field? How many tight ends do they have in the game? Mm-hmm. Um, what front should we be in? What coverage should we be in you know, based on tendency? Um, and and then a lot of that, especially pregame, we're making sure that our, that our tower knows tendencies based on film mm-hmm. um, so they can obviously spy it and see it as, sure. it, as it comes out there. Um, so that we can make a quick decision to get our players aligned and ready to go. And, and tell tell me if this sounds right to you. What I think I'm hearing is there's a certain there's a certain type of information that you want. For example, from the people up in the tower, what you don't want from them is to tell you what's in the past. Like you've you've already seen that. You want them to tell you what's happening currently is is the most valuable information, right? Yeah, and, and again, what's happening currently, um, the past will dedicate what that means to us. Right. Right. So, but if all they're doing is repeating, if they're doing play by play, like, hey, they just ran, you know, like if if yeah. they're just telling you what you can also see with your eyes, right, that's not super helpful, right? So yeah, I mean, screaming out, you know, it's a toss, it's a toss. It's kind of a running joke in our staff. You know, thanks, right. we know we're watching. It's a toss, right? Um, but the idea of Giving us information as soon as the ball is put down, as soon as the, the, the personnel from the opponent walks out in the field, okay, what, what am I looking at? And now all of us collectively, we know what that means based on the work that we did ahead of time. Mm-hmm. So then that is going to help us yeah. line up the next play to defend or, or attack whatever the opponent's And, and do people have the room to say, to, to, to give you opinions on the play call? Do, do, are people chirping in your ear? LJ, we should run, or do they give you the information and you make the decision? Okay. The staff, <laughs> the staff is pretty good with me. Although I, I will say, um, and I, I'm not, I'm, I'm going to be honest, I'm not as good with our staff. Um, mm-hmm. But the staff is pretty good with me in that um, occasionally uh, when they think I need to change pace, uh, 
because sometimes I can get into a routine. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, change it up. Let's be more aggressive here. Sure. Um, and sometimes I'll take that into account or sometimes I'll, I will say, this is why no. You know, respectfully, this is why no. Yeah. Um, and um, often it leads to really great play calls when they continue to push mm-hmm. me. Um, mm-hmm. Now, there's I can't hear it from everybody. Um, right. So I, I will say the three guys that have been with me the longest, Ethan, Brian, Ethan and Brian, and uh, obviously myself, that's kind of the group of guys that I, I want to hear from in, in a tough situation because situationally, you know, they know football really well, sometimes more so than I do. Mm-hmm. Um, so when when we get to a tough situation where it's time for the head coach to make a call, they know they, that they really can't make the call because, again, chain of command would dictate that it's my job to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to ask them to present me the options, and then we gotta, I've got to quickly weigh those options and make a decision. Sounds like a lot of trust. Yeah, it's trust. I'm also uh, struck by the amount of importance you're putting on listening. I'm listening for this. I'm listening for that. This is what I want to hear from them. And so you're you're talking a lot about awareness and listening before you before you think about your plan. Mm -hmm. You know, you're not mapping your plan until you've understood and Mm -hmm. analyzed the situation, and you're having to do a lot of listening. Also, the idea of hey, I might get into a routine, having the self awareness of when. No, you want to overrule that, or maybe I should be more aggressive here. So I think that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that matches up with what I've seen. As I said, I've spent a lot of time with LJ and his staff, and one of the things that's always struck me, one of my favorite things to do was to go to one of you know some of his coaches' meetings and just be a fly on the wall and sit on the couch and listen to the way they review tape. And I find that fascinating. And every time I've walked out of that room, it's always struck me the amount of trust that there is and how people feel empowered there's two things, at least two things going on there. People fear, feel empowered to say what they want to say, but then when LJ makes the decision, the staff has his back. And yeah. and and that Very those two things, if, if you don't have both of those things, things can get out of balance with your communication flow because everybody can start thinking, well, I think we should do this and I think we should do that. So so I, I, I've, I've always thought that, thought that was really, uh, really fascinating. And you know, you call the defensive plays. Brian calls the offensive plays, but you give those guys room to chime in for you. And then occasionally, do you ever overrule the offensive play calls? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it doesn't happen often. I, you know, obviously this is Brian's baby, and yeah. I want him to run with it. But just like I said, when sometimes you know I get caught in a rut, and you know I need Ethan to, you know, metaphorically, you know, give me a little jab in the rib and say, "Hey, figure it out, kid." Right. Um, you know, I'll do the same with Brian. Yeah. Um, and. And especially in those tough, down, you know, down and distances or, mm-hmm. or game situations where it is on the line, yeah. You know, sometimes I'll, I'll I'll take the heat. Um, sure, I can think of one specific time where you know we're getting our butts kicked in short yardage uh, mm-hmm. this season, and and I said here's here's probably the riskiest play we could run, but it you know it might be just what we need. Mm-hmm. And he looked at me, he's like, make the call, and, and we did, and luckily we we converted on the you know, on a great fourth down. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, I, you know, I, I want to you know I trust Brian. Brian does a great job play calling, um, and only occasionally will I will I add my input. Yeah, I, you know, and I, I think the 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 business relevance here is is crystal clear because Dan and I and the rest of our team here at the Latimer Group we we deal with a lot of project teams and a lot of business leaders, and they surround themselves with talented people. And, you know, there's always that balance of empowerment versus chain of command and authority. And I'm not sure that everybody always gets it right. Well, we know everybody doesn't always right. get that balance right. Yeah, right. So I think there's there's a lot of crossover here. I, I mean, I think for, for me, I, I've gotten um, – I think we've put together a great group that complements each other well. I you know, I'm I'm the you know the football guy X's and O's who's super conservative mm-hmm. and wants to do things probably you know the right way and just coach coach through it. 
Brian is the the situational like feel it guy. He's mm-hmm. the biggest sports fan oh. you've, you've ever yes. met. Yes. He's watched every sport, yes. you know, every I've, championship I mean, in everything. I hope you're listening to this, Brian. I've never met anybody who knows more more about sports than you. Exactly. It's true. So little things, even some of the rules of the game that totally. the head coach, you know, I should know, but I he's don't. He's a savant know. when it comes he is to a that. He's a savant. Stuff. Yeah. So if it's you know if we're if we're deciding to wave on a flag. Um, mm-hmm. Or if it's uh, just a you know we're down by two and we've got two minutes left, mm-hmm. whatever it may be, Brian is that guy who gives the yeah. who gives the options better than anyone. Mm-hmm. So I can rely on him for that. Right. Uh, Ethan is the guy who is probably the most aggressive out of all of us. Mm-hmm. So when we need to be aggressive, Ethan is the one who's going to present the options. Like this is here in our championship game this year. Ethan said, you know this this fake field goal is there. It's there. It's there. And every time I saw it, I saw it. I saw it. And I waited. And finally, he's like, Coach, you're an idiot. We got to go. And, and we called it, and it was it was the game that see, it was the play that sealed the game, and it was wow. a massive touchdown. Um, and it was you know those guys you know complimenting each other so well. Then we have Jonas Akins, right, who's who's a great guy in terms of thinking about the little things that when we get so wrapped up in football, he's always there to remind us, you know, right. hey, it's conscience mo- more than just a sport, right? We got to think about how how we're being viewed right now. We got to think about getting this guy in the game, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Jonas, Jonas does a great job with that kind of stuff. Some big picture stuff, big picture stuff with the with the, with the with the bigger concept of the team as a program and how it fits into the school. No and, doubt about it. Right? Not just you're not just talking about in game stuff. Absolutely, you're talking about but the he's program. Doing it, as but he's whole. doing it in game. Yeah, he's doing it in game. He's doing it throughout the week, mm-hmm. and I think it balances the whole program really, yeah. really well. And then we've got our old sage who's also up in the tower. Yeah, uh, Coach Martone, who's the guy who hired me here mm-hmm. um, as just a defensive line coach years ago, and then we hired him back. Um, he's always got good little nuggets, you know, from his 50 years of coaching. Well, you know, um, you know, you know, it's interesting to out. me as I'm listening to you talk about your staff is a lot of times people put together a staff or a project team and just say, oh, that person would be good. Let me throw him or her in there. Or that person would be good. Let me throw him or her in there without thinking about what they specifically bring to it. And you can have like five really great, talented people, but if it's the wrong concoction yeah, of skills. It has to be the right team. It has to together. be the right concoction, right? right? It can't just be like the five best of whatever it is that you're talking about. Like I think about sailing that you and I know so well. It's not about putting the best four sailors on the boat. It no. rarely is. You're looking it's for a, a one plus one equals three. That's what you're right. looking and it's for. It's like who is good in that role? You know, so, you know, you, you got somebody on your staff that can push you guys to be aggressive. You can have somebody on your staff who's the rule savant. You can have somebody on your staff who's the big picture conscience. And it's the concoction. It's the recipe right. that gets to be magical. Let me ask another question. Do you there there are ways to make in-game communication more complicated than you guys make it, right? Like you could have more headsets, you could have a more complicated playbook. Is part of your success, do you think, the fact that you guys have have really refined it and there's some simplicity to it? Yeah, I think whether whether it's playbook or it's or it's in-game communication, I think we try to keep it as simple as possible so we can all operate efficiently and quickly. Yeah. No doubt about it. Whether it's the play calling, yeah. the language that we use, although it's different than a lot of than a lot of places um, because it's kind of, you know, a, you know, a bunch of 20-somethings trying to figure things out from yeah. a lot of different sure. sources and then making it our own. Um, it, it is different. Um, yeah. But it works for us. It is simple um, and uh, it allows our kids to play fast. Simplicity is not a sin. Yeah, we talk about it all the time. It's it's important to make things easy to consume. Right. You know, Especially that, in a real important. game, fast-paced environment right. like that where decisions have to consume be made. Consume and right? digest. Totally. Internalize. I think there's a great lesson. And being there. able to act from that. Uh, so so let's stick with the simplicity theme for a second. Um, when, when, when I 
for our listeners, the, I've known LJ and his staff socially for a long time. But I went to LJ, what was it, about four years ago, and I said, hey, I'm a huge sports fan. I love football, but I've never played. Can I just hang out on the sideline with you one game because I want to hear what you guys talk about? And that led to LJ inviting me to hang around for a couple of years. And I went to almost every game for a two-year period. And one of the things that's always amazed me about football is just the vocabulary. And you know, every, every sport has its own language. But to me, football's language is like Greek. You know, if, 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 and, and I would love – could you just give us an example of just like a, 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 a typical play call and then you could put it in English and tell us what it actually means? Um, all right. Let's well we were we're working on one that coach saw. Um it's a combination of a play that we, we installed a, f- a few years ago mm-hmm. and then we saw recently in uh the Alabama Clemson game. But um let's see, double left S low, seventy sell it hot. Double S double left. Double left S low S low seventy sell it hot. Yeah. Great, and it tells us what that means. Right. So, in, in a lot, of, a lot of situations, we're screaming plays out, so they can't be too. Dean, you uh, don't know. I mean, <laughs> I don't get yeah, that. Okay. Right. Um, now so, you're going to have to change it because this is about so, to go out to a lot of people, is, and they're going to know your it's, play. It's fine. For the most part, we work on wristbands, which is why sometimes we work on this language, and, and you know, some of our elder statesmen were like, "Why? Why are we working on this language so much if we work on wristbands?" But right. um, it's good for us when we make quick in-game checks when we're just yelling out a play or whatever right. it may be. So uh, double left is a, is a formation. Yeah. Right. Um, S low is the motion. So instead of you know naming thirty different um, styles of motion for mm-hmm. for each each position, mm-hmm. we just name the the player. So the mm-hmm. S, the slot. Um, he's going in low motion. He's going in high motion. So mm-hmm. it's S low, S high. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, so that basically uh, 70 protection is means to pass. And with the S low, it means we're going to get a, a sweet play fake. The quarterback will pull out. He'll take a three-step drop because of 70 protection. Mm-hmm. The whole line will slide away from the direction. And then the the tight end and the A back will fit into a seven man protection, which is why it's called seventy protection. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sell it is a route combination. It's a two man <laughs> two man route combination, um, which you know a, a short post and yeah. a question mark route on the backside, and it's a quick you know shot type play. Right. Um, hot means is is right. Yeah. So uh, the play is being run to the right. So protection is right. Yeah, the combination is right. Um, hot, cold, east, west, up, down, all ways of saying. This is almost almost is, in English. Is always this is almost in English. Is always <laughs> saying right. right and left. Right. Uh, but but what's interesting about this yeah. is you know again like a lot of the the people that we work with there is a language unique to the work and I would imagine that if and I don't know if this has ever happened or not but if you had somebody on your staff or one of your players that didn't pick up on the language they can't play like. Like yeah, you no, have to be able to speak the language. Yeah, I'll be honest. The kids pick it up a lot faster than the new coaches, um, and and you know I would say in large part that's why a lot of um, why the three of us are so are, are so good together um, yeah. right now. It takes it takes a year or two for coaches who are, who are used to an older uh, or a different scheme, a different language to to get on board with us, especially mm-hmm. with the short time that we're allowed to have together in the preps. Um, Players pick it up a little bit faster, mm-hmm. um, so absolutely. If they if they don't understand the language, they can't be out there because we can't trust them to do it right. And you know, football one hundred percent, I think, is kind of the the ultimate team game. There's eleven different people just on the field, let alone all the decision making we've and communication we've already talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, 
trying to you know process the play call, make then their own calls and adjustments on the field, mm-hmm. and work together to get the thing done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got to trust. It's a huge, huge. It's all about trust and understanding. Totally, and, absolutely. And that's and that comes from good communication. And, and, you, and you think about like when somebody changes companies, or like one of our big clients is going through a big merger right now, and you know what one phrase or word might mean, what it might mean at the old company isn't necessarily what it's going to mean at the new company. And we see examples of communication gaps all over the place. You know, you might have a coach that comes from another program where a certain word meant something there and it means something entirely different yeah. with you guys. And, and you know, just the unique vocabulary within any team construct I've always thought is a really fascinating thing and just got to be able to speak the language. And, and, and if you can't, you can't play. Like that's just all there is to it. Interesting. Let's talk about team construction now and team motivation and creating a team culture, which is something clearly you've done. Like when you win 48 games in a row at the level, you know, with a score, average score of whatever I said, 42 to nine, you know, that, you know, lots of, lots of people win one in a row. Lots of people have one good season. You know, sometimes you see somebody go back to back with two great seasons Five undefeated seasons, there's something special going on there. That's not typical performance. So clearly there's something going on within your coaching staff, which we've dug into a little bit. But let's talk about the culture that you build with your players. I mean, we're talking about teenagers, right? Mm -hmm. 14 to the oldest kid you might have is 19. Yep, 19. 14 to 19-year-olds. Let's talk about building a culture within that age group and, you know, what, what kind of things are you guys focused on there? I mean, I think you know it all. It all begins with with passion, right? You mm-hmm. you got to the leaders of your program have got to have passion about what they're doing, and mm-hmm. and obviously that will trickle down to the kids who are, are a part of it. Um, what we kind of set out to do was to to challenge and to teach, mm-hmm. to to hopefully push barriers and to teach. And when you when you challenge kids and make them go through something that's difficult. Mm-hmm. It, create bo- it creates bonds, right? Mm-hmm. Um, one of my old head coach said, mutual misery creates creates lifelong friendships. Um, <laughs> so if you go through hell together, um, you're going to come out the other end closer for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and one thing I think, I think you know, prep school sports for, for a long time, um, it was thought of as something different than the education that they were receiving. It was a supplement. The, the level of excellence that was demanded of uh, the kids in the classroom – well, athletics was going to be the break from that. Um, but there are a lot of kids that love football just as – love sports just as much as they do their studies. Um, and if, you know, if you're going to come into our football program, the, the same level of excellence that our teachers expect in the classroom, we're going to expect of our kids. Um, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's timeliness, um, punctuality, um, effort – um, focus you know, mm-hmm. for those two hours a day. It is your escape from studies and from life, um, but we ex- still expect the same level of excellence that, you, that you're giving the classroom and that's expected of the classroom. Um, you know, obviously on the field and, and given towards your teammates. Um, I think that was the biggest kind of culture change um, mm-hmm. that we went through, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once we get through it, once once you're kind of getting through that preseason. Um, trusting in each other, going through hell together. Um, we're having fun. Mm-hmm. And then along the way, as long as you're learning something, you know, people like to learn. I'm sure you guys, it's probably teaching in modern motivation, mm-hmm. right? You want to be learning and improving and seeing that you're improving in something and taking pride in that improvement. Sure. Um, you know, if we're focusing on those two 
I think those two kind of main themes mm-hmm. uh, of relationships and learning, um, you know, we're going to be all right. Uh, we try not to focus on success. And I, I think if you focus on improvement and taking pride in what you do mm-hmm. and enjoying the people that you're doing it with, success comes. So when your next right? football season starts, you don't burden them with, we've won 48 games in a row. You guys probably never talk about that. No, we never have. Yeah. Um, and often, like, the language that you'll hear me use. Now, there's times when I get a little ahead of myself when I get going a little bit. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> yeah. Especially if there's some emotion behind it. And that's that's wrong on my part, to be perfectly honest. But if, you know, I've, heard, I've seen this in videos because people sometimes will videotape pregame. Um, the language that you'll hear from me will be, if we do all that right, then we'll be just fine. Mm-hmm. Right? It doesn't... Not that we're going to win. I can't guarantee that, nor should that really matter because we're trying to enjoy the process. We're trying to enjoy going through something, working together, um, sorry about that, working together um, to do something great, which Mm -hmm. is solely win the repetition. So Mm -hmm. try to be perfect together. Do something choreographed together for Mm -hmm. six seconds Mm -hmm. and give great effort getting it done. and we'll take pride in that one rep and we'll celebrate reps, just great repetitions, whether we're up by 50 just because we thought the kids ran it well or if it was a kid we didn't expect to run it well because he's been he's just new um, or if we're down. We're going to be excited about great execution. Mm-hmm. Um, and that I think that focus on process and not caring what the outcome is um, often leads to outcomes, right? Because if we were happy with being undefeated, we probably would have lost by now. Right in five five years, um, sure. our kids aren't happy with wins. They're 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 happy with 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 a, you know proper execution, and they're happy about what they've been a part of uh, and the brotherhood that they're a part of. Mm. Yeah, I mean this goes back to Luther. He's talking about our 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 last podcast with a great Olympic coach. The idea of process and what's the next task, right. and get focused on the next task. I think there's a lot of similarity there. Mm-hmm. And I've 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 read LJ in, in an interview that. Uh, you did with uh, someone maybe a couple of years back, but you were talking about your teaching commitment, work ethic, and the love for each other, and then the rest is going to flow, and then you're pursuing perfection together. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that I know is that you have to coach the team as a team, but the team is made up of individuals. And so I'm just in- interested. We're all about inspiring action here. <laughs> so you get a lot of kids running in the right direction, but let's say you have a scenario where someone thinks they know more than they really do know. And then, of course, you're going to coach the team as a team. But then individually, of course, you're going to have one-on-one situations and scenarios. Like, give me a sense of how you can inspire a change in a kid like that. Well, I think, I think being real with people is, is kind of the, the first thing. You have to be completely transparent. You've got to let them know who you are. You've got to let them know that you care about them, um, no matter what the disagreements are, mm-hmm. um, no matter how they may feel at a certain time. But you've got to let them know that you care about them. And, and, and then you've got to – Flush out the situation, and the situation in, in maybe a case where a player thinks he knows more or feels he knows better, you've got to value maybe some of the technique that he has learned from somewhere else, um, and you've got to see the merit in it. Um, but at the same time, I think you know, the way we teach things it comes from me and my and, and our coaching staff, and we were hired to do a job, and the chain of command is such that. We'll get fired if we're not doing our job well. Um, but if we have defactors, right, 
people that are going on their own, then we'll just never be the team that we want to be. Yeah. And, and both individually and collectively. Um, you know, a couple of years, five years ago, when we took over this job, we had this incredible senior class that, uh, and we started at, you know, at that point, we still do compare. I strongly feel some of the greatest teams in the world are, are that of the military, mm-hmm. um, the chain of command, the communication, mm-hmm. just the leadership, um, the roles within, within squadrons. And, um, so we started comparing ourselves to that slightly, um, and just using that as kind of the example. Um, and when that group of seniors that had quite a few incredible athletes, um, division one, lacrosse players, division one, football players, they bought into our vision. They set the tone of, you know, the chain of command and just fine. Let's do what coach says. Um, let's move forward and let's have fun doing it. Um, that set the tone for a very much coach run, but player led program. Um, I'm not, I don't want to be, you know, even though I'm doing this podcast right now, I really don't want to talk about our program very much. I don't want to, I don't need to be in the limelight. I want to help put our kids in a position to have a successful and rewarding experience playing football. Mm -hmm. Um, and if the kids trusted me that I'm doing that, this is their high school experience set the tone, lead each other, and let's go do this thing. Um, and I think uh, for us, I think that's really the best way to kind of attack the team um, individually. I think it's it's all about just getting to know kids, letting, making sure that they know you care. Um, and each kid is different, so you're going to have to get to know them differently in a different way. You're going to have to motivate them slightly uh, differently than the others. Um, some might need to be built up. Some might need some tough love. Sure. Um, in matters of discipline, you know, I'm I'm pretty fiery. Mm-hmm. Um, at the same time, you'll you'll see me look at them and say, "Hey, again, this is your high school experience. If you want to be a jerk, go ahead and be a jerk." Right. Yeah. Sorry. Mm-hmm. You know, usually the, the the fire you know the fire comes <laughs> out first. The fire and brimstone comes out first. But yeah. Um, so ca- so the captains play a critical role in your to use your analogy chain of command. Absolutely. Uh, our captains are chosen by our students, not by the coaches. Really? So, which is um, now the coaches have a chance to vote as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, we're so small in numbers, we probably wouldn't without details. Have the coaches ever overruled an, a, 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 a student vote on who the captain should be? Never. The only thing I've ever done is made the decision to include four right. instead of three. So you've never taken one away, but you might have added somebody in, right? Because right. because the numbers would have dictated such that. There are four right at the top. And if yeah. the student body makes it a popularity contest and and there's a captain maybe who the coaches know better than, they chose their captain. You may have, might have had one of those. Yeah. Maybe. Absolutely. Name's absolutely not going to come up here, but, <laughs> no, but I can think of – Yeah, go ahead. LJ, I'm, I'm interested in – you had a great uh, playing career as well, and there must have been coaches that you felt like this is a person who inspires action. This is a person who's a strong communicator. Is there someone that you think back – who you really look up to and admire, um, and then maybe something that you learn from them? Yeah, I mean, I think right off the bat, I've got um, Coach Steve Philippone from Daniel Hand, who just recently retired, um, you know, a true legend, in, in my opinion, in Connecticut, in Connecticut high school football. Um, I'm definitely not Steve, Coach Philippone. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm probably a different human being than he is, but occasionally I need to bring out my Steve Filippo. And what is that? Um, and that is the fire, the passion. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you know, to me, I'm probably more like him than I, than I'll say, <laughs> um, you know, relationships and, and, 
and high school sports are emotional and they're the bonds that that are created at this age are truly incredible and you know can be life lasting and transformative um he was a he was a fire and brimstone guy he was a crier he was he was the the ultimate motivator um and i will literally study videotape of the man as he gives speeches and how and how he goes from um speaking quite softly to the kids trying to be matter of fact but then crescendos into tears and and you know you know you know fiery ball of emotion um so the, you know from that standpoint you know Steve Philpone's been an incredible mm-hmm. um resource to just study you know I have yet to sit down with the man and talk to him about coaching um <laughs> he, you know, he still scares me to this day but, <laughs> um I hold him in such high regard um then uh the coaches of Amherst College and uh, you know where I where I played in college have been uh, really incredible. Just in learning the game and learning how to organize this team, um, because I've got kids from all over the world, it's a lot different than it is in public school. Um, and I'm essentially running a small college program, um, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of how it, how it operates, the level of academic rigor that they're going through. Um, the type of institution I'm at, Amherst and Choate are similar. Um, so I learned a lot on how to organize uh, the program from them and then obviously how to uh, um, how to defend certain schemes and whatnot. And a lot sure. of the X's knows the game. So sure. both programs have been uh, just incredible. They've given so much time to me to mm-hmm. learning to learning um, our craft here. Your quick study on Coach Philippone's uh, team speech speeches because – I've seen you bring the house down a few times, and I have to admit you've given me the goosebumps a few times too. Uh, so, so LJ, let's let's start to zero in on on wrapping this up here. And mm-hmm. uh, if you if you had one piece of advice for a new coach, and you know you can gear it towards a football coach or a coach of any sort, if you'd like. Like somebody's starting to put their own coaching philosophy together. You're no longer new at this. You've been a head coach for five years. You know, what would be the first thing or, or list of things that you would encourage somebody that's trying to build a team to focus on? Where would you have them go first? I mean, I think the first thing is get good at, get good at something Mm -hmm. and, don't try to don't try to be something you're not. So, mm-hmm. and don't try to do something that you don't fully understand. Because mm-hmm. um, if you try to wing it or BS it, um, your kids will know. Um, if you try to, you know, in terms of scheme, and if you try to be something that you're not, it'll come off as disingenuous. So you're talking about the X's and O's of actual football there. Uh, both. So mm-hmm. if you're going to try to be someone personality as well. Um, Sounds like authenticity, off right? That's you got to be authentic because the kids will figure out really quick. Yep. Because there is a chote way of playing now. You guys know you yep. have a style of play that has become yours. We have a style of play, and we also have a way that we talk about things and the way that we think about things. And I think one of the best compliments I think I ever got, and it wasn't a compliment, it was watching my players be one of the first years and then to this day watching my players get interviewed by the news by newspapers and hearing them respond to the questions just as I would respond mm-hmm. and it was like wow that's a level of buy-in and understanding of what's important in this whole thing yeah. that comes from the top down is embraced by all um, and and is bought into and it's it's 
you know, really pretty amazing. Yeah. And what fun. You didn't have to tell them explicitly, but they just modeled the, the no, behavior. I, w- I wasn't around it. Right. Um, you just modeled, they modeled the behavior that they're seeing. Yeah. What else? What other, any other advice you'd have for uh, a new coach or somebody building their team from the ground up? You're going to have to live it. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to live it. And you're going to, I would say, you're going to have to sacrifice something. If, if you're going to build something from the ground up, I hope you love it mm-hmm. and hope you're ready to live it. Mm-hmm. Um, be humble and learn yeah. as much as you can, but then be confident uh, in the simple things that you can be confident in, in front of your kids so they can buy into it. Yeah. And, and now with five years of, uh, uh, of, of rear view mirror opportunity, is there anything that you know now that you wish you knew when you started five years ago? Like, is there anything you think back on and you're like, Ooh, ugh, man, I can't believe I was doing that. That's a curveball question. I'm sorry. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's, yeah, we've made mistakes along the way, no doubt about it. Sure. Um, and I think, you know, sometimes it's, um, yeah, how you relate to kids. It's, you know, did you miss that um, mm-hmm. in terms of building a relationship? Did you not insert yourself enough in this situation? Sure. Um, did you give too much leeway to this parent or did you, did you, you know, were you trying to be, were you valuing the relationship with the kids over being um, a mentor, mm-hmm. right? Um, all of those situations have come up, and I think all you can do is 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 learn from experience. Mm. Um, as much as I like to say I wish I acted differently, you know, it's tough to to do it without living it. You sure. know what I mean? You sure. Just try to be the best person that you can be, and try to think about the kids at all times, and those who work under you, or the kids in mm. our situation at all times. Mm. And, Make the best decisions you can, um, as informed as you can, by having surrounding yourself with good people. Yeah, um, and then you'll live and learn by those, and that's all part of being a leader in in a given situation. That's great. Well, I just would uh, like to add for the uh, listeners that obviously LJ is an uh, imposing, uh, very serious-minded, takes his craft serious, but you're missing this incredible grin that comes over <laughs> his face uh, that is broad, uh, a broad grin as I've seen in a while. So it's been a real pleasure to be with you, Coach. Thank you, Dan. Yeah, we this really appreciate awesome. your time, Coach, and thanks for joining us on The Message Makeover. We'll have to have you back someday. It's an honor, guys. Thanks right. so much. Great. It's been a blast. Well, that does it for this edition of The Message Makeover. We thank our whole team at the Latimer Group, including Whitney Sweeney, Amy Fenalosa, Hannah Morris, and especially our producers, Kendra Ragukis and Brett Slater. We love audience questions, so tweet those questions to us at the Latimer Group. We'll be listening well for them. Until then, see you next time on The Message Makeover. The Message Makeover podcast is presented by the Latimer Group, the experts in persuasive communication, corporate training, and executive coaching delivered with impact. For more information on the Latimer Group and for more episodes of the Message Makeover podcast, look for us on iTunes, Google Play, and online at thelatimergroup.com.